The Insurance and Injury Law Show, the number to get a hold of Savannah anytime, 416-216-5910. You want to throw an email, we'll get to a few of those today. It is quite simply help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. Week that was, some cases that have come by your desk, real-life situations. Give them to me. All right, John. Yeah, uh, great to be back here September. We're heading into winter. We're going to have a lot of accidents. Unfortunately, it's just the nature of the beast. Uh, let me talk to you about two cases uh, that I was dealing with this past week, as well as some important information for everyone out there who drives, who has automobile insurance, because the regulations and the legislation has now changed. So I'm going to touch on that a bit and tell you where to find more information. So first of all, let me deal with a car accident case. This is an individual. I'll call him Mr. M. Uh, His first name starts with M. And he contacted me. And this is the interesting thing. His accident happened in July of last year. Okay, so we're about, what, uh, a year and a few months post-accident. He is with another law firm. And, of course, that happens regularly. People call me for second opinions. They want to know what to do. He has an accident benefits claim. So he wasn't at fault for the accident, okay? In fact, he was on the way to a job interview when the the accident happened. Very, very unfortunate. And he signed up with this law firm. Well, first of all, he called up a number that a lot of people see on buses and and everywhere else. I'm not going to name the firm's name, but you see them. And they had referred him to this other law firm. So they pawned him off, okay? And uh, so he goes to this other law firm and... He can't get a hold of anybody there. He's talked to them a few times, never talked to a lawyer there, uh, talked to a few people at the firm. Benefits have now been denied, uh, medical rehabilitation, a whole bunch of stuff like that. I mean, he one of the, one of the symptoms he had from the accidents, one of the, the injuries is, uh, it's called eye palsy. He, he sees double. So he has issues with his vision and he needs, uh, a, uh, he basically needs eyeglasses and it's directly from the accident and he can't get anyone to help him claim that from the insurance company. So anyways, long story short, he actually has been a long time listener and he's been listening to the show nice. and he wanted to call me. He wanted in fact to say, Sivan, you know, can you help me with this? Can I switch over? You know, I say this all the time. I don't advocate that people switch from firm to firm. There's different considerations, but the reason I'm raising this is because apparently a bunch of his friends convinced him not to even call me, let alone to switch over. Weird. So anyways, I said, listen, let's talk. Uh, I don't want you to switch or make any decision about switching to me or anyone else. Let's have a chat. So I met with him up north uh, in a coffee shop at Tim Hortons. And we went through his case. We went through the injuries. And, uh, you know, he, he he basically aggravated old injuries. He has back pains. He has a whole bunch of, of issues from this car accident. And as I said at the outset... He was on his way to a job interview, and of course, the accident happens, doesn't get the job, oh. and you know he's suffering. I mean, the guy literally has no money uh, for anything. He just he can't do anything. And um, he, incidentally, he's in his late fifties. Okay, and all his life he's worked uh, at different types of jobs. At some points uh, in his life, he actually owned a few um, uh, restaurants. So you know, the point is, this is a guy who's a hardworking person legitimately injured, not his fault, dealing with this law firm, no one is responding to him. Now, keep this in mind, John. We've talked this how many about this how many times? He's out of work. He doesn't have any money. Accident happens July of last year. The tort claim hasn't started, meaning the claim against the at-fault driver. So now we're going to have to start this immediately, as soon as possible, because the longer you wait to make these claims for compensation, the longer it takes to resolve these claims. It's a very simple concept. And a lot of lawyers don't get that or just choose to ignore it to the detriment of their clients. There's no reason for it. 
Uh, so I told him, listen, we can definitely take a look at it. I explained to him what happens when you do switch law firms. Again, my, my initial reaction when somebody says, I want to switch is hold on for a second. I don't want you to just, you know, jump the gun. I want to have a discussion with you. And, and oftentimes, John, I've dissuaded people from switching when I've learned that they have really good representation, uh, when I've learned that, uh, you know, if they switch, it may impact them detrimentally. In other words, the other law firm may end up, you know, giving them a bill for all yeah, the work that was be, done. Yeah, of course. So there's all these considerations. So I, I just make sure my, my, my point is that I can give a second opinion. I can give you this information. So a few warning signs for people out there who have lawyers, who have law firms acting for them. If you are having difficulty or cannot work after an accident, the tort claim or the claim against whoever was at fault for the accident, the law firm should not be waiting a year, a year and a half two years, which by the way is the limitation period, to start a claim. If the injuries are significant enough that from months and months you're not able to work, that tort claim in my view should start ASAP because you need that money, number one. Number two, if you cannot reach anyone in the firm or you've never spoken to a lawyer at the law firm, that's a concern to me. Now, different law firms have different ways of doing business. That's not an excuse. Communication is paramount. And listen, do we have sometimes people calling us at the firm? You know, somebody calling me saying, Sivan, I've tried to contact this particular lawyer at your firm, and I haven't been able to get in touch. You can bet that I will immediately get in touch with that lawyer at my firm to find out what's going on here. Did you get messages? You know, maybe maybe there is miscommunication here. Maybe someone answered that person's question, uh, but perhaps he thought that he, you know, I don't know, never got a, an answer. Or perhaps there was a, you know, a voicemail left and nothing happened in return. The point is communication is absolutely paramount. Clients need to understand, injured people need to know that they are being represented and represented properly. We'll get to more of the week that was, the injury calculator and some emails as well. It's the Insurance and Injury Law Show, the number to get hold of Savan, 416-216-5910. Real simple. And the email address is help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. Lots more coming up again, the Insurance and Injury Law Show. Just getting warmed up right here, Talk Radio AM 640. The number is 416-216-5910, and it is help at theinsurancelawyer.ca to get a hold of Savannah anytime during the show or afterwise. We'll continue here the week that was and get into some uh, changes and some legislation. I have a feeling it's not going to be good for us, but uh, it's often that way. Uh, week that was, continue. Well, John, good or not, you need to know, and people right. out there need to know so that they can protect themselves. So let's talk about the second case uh, or phone call that I had this week, and this is a long-term disability situation. So we have this lady, let's call her Ms. M. Uh, she's 43 years old. She had a car accident three years ago. Now I know I said I was going to talk about long-term disability. I'll explain exactly how that fits in. So she has a car accident three years ago. She's been off work since that time. She used to be an office manager. She's got two kids under 10. Okay, So there's a lot of stress at, at home. Uh, she's with a law firm currently who's handling her car accident claim. And it seems to be progressing well. I've asked her a few questions about it, and I'm satisfied the law firm is doing what it's supposed to be doing with her car accident claim. Uh, so certainly I'm going to tell her to stay with them. Sure. And I recognize the name too, and they're, they're fine. Uh, now, here's the interesting thing. She had received short-term disability uh, because she wasn't able to go back to work uh, for several months, and then she applied for long-term disability, yep. right? Many people who have coverage through work, through insurance, for short-term, you can then roll over or apply for LTD. She was denied the LTD claim. She tells her lawyers that. And this is where there is a problem. The lawyers say, okay, well, you know, you got a letter saying you're denied. They're inviting you to appeal. Go ahead and appeal. No, no, no. So clearly they're not, they don't do disability claims. So they know what they're doing on the car accident front, but they're not doing uh, disability. Yep. They don't know any, any of that stuff. 
And of course, she appeals twice on her own on the advice of her lawyers. And of course, what do you think happened with those two appeals, John? Denied. Denied. Denied and denied. Denied squared. Okay. Clearly, the lawyers handling the car claim are not disability lawyers. And that's key here to understand. Now, here's another wrinkle. And uh, now I'm getting into the turf of uh, my partner, Lior, uh, the employment hour. She was let go by her employer, this lady, last year because she's disabled. They need to hire someone else. It's a small operation. And she got no severance. They simply said, listen, you know, we got to hire someone else. So she tells her lawyers that. And of course, they're thinking, oh, that's great. It advances the car accident claim, right? We can say she's got all this income loss, which is which is true. She does. Except that the first thing that would come to my mind, because our firm deals with disability, with car accidents, with employment law is, number one, you're entitled to severance. Number two, it's illegal. Yeah. Right? Human rights code. Human rights code, right. You're, you're firing someone who's on disability, essentially. So major, major issues on both fronts, employment and LTD. And her lawyers are simply not equipped, not equipped to deal with those two issues. So keep in mind, for, for people out there who are uh, dealing in, with these kinds of issues, or if you know someone who is dealing with these issues, not every lawyer, not every law firm deals with all of this stuff. Nowadays, we're very specialized. We deal with car accidents, we deal with estates, we deal with real estate, family law. If you see somebody advertising that they do everything, mm. you know there's a problem. Jack of all trades. Exactly. Yeah. And even I, I, mean, I, I don't do employment law. I have, you know, I have very little knowledge of it. I have some knowledge because many of the lawyers in my firm, you know, Leah, Dave, Lior, exactly, yeah. they deal with this. But here's the key thing. As soon as we have a case where now there is an employment issue and an LTD issue intertwined with the car accident case, I know who to go to. Exactly, Mm -hmm. it does. It does. In fact, we're dealing with an LTD case right now. I can't tell you too much about it because literally the employment matter for this individual is going to mediation this week. And and, uh, me and an associate, Albert, we're handling the LTD matter for this lady, and that's going to be uh, mediated, so going to mediation will likely resolve in October. So you see, we have different lawyers working on different aspects of the file, and here's where it's crucial. At any point, a crucial point in the process... Uh, we, we get together. We lawyers, right? I mean, D- David, who was on the show, I think it was uh, last week, right? In fact, he's handling the employment matter. And I'm handling with Albert the LTD matter. And David is just literally across the hall from me. Yeah. So he comes to my office, you know, and, and he did so. And we did a few times. And we're talking about this client. How do we maximize both claims? We strategize. He has, you know, the employment side. I have the LTD side. But, you know, clearly we want to make sure we have a coordinated attack against both fronts to make sure that the client is completely covered. Crucial, absolutely crucial, because then nothing falls through the cracks. So that's something that is really unique. And I've talked about that before in our firm that many of these issues that come up for people who are hurt in car accidents or have employment issues because of an accident or on LTD, you know, you want to make sure that to the extent possible, it's all in-house. It's the same people, the same firm that's dealing with all these issues because they're going to talk amongst themselves. They're going to strategize and create a battle plan of attacking those issues to make sure that you as the client, as the person who needs those services, is fully protected. Give me some details on the injury calculator as we uh, wrap up this segment before we go. Injury calculator is a fantastic online tool we created a while back. Uh, and what it is, is uh, it's a free tool. You go on it and you input a few key pieces of information about your injury. You know, I was in a car accident. It's These are uh, uh, drop-down menus yep. or, or menus where you just click on the options. And, and you input, you know, your, your age, 
what kind of injury you suffered, the extent of the injury, did you have surgery or not, things like that. And within 15, 20 seconds of doing all of this, that's how long it takes, maybe even less, the calculator will tell you, here's how much you could potentially be looking at for compensation for pain and suffering from that injury, assuming, of course, someone else is at fault. Right. If you're at fault for your own injuries, you're not going to make a claim against yourself. But if you're in a car accident and somebody re-rans you and now you have this chronic back pain uh, or you fractured something because you slipped and fell uh, in a store, again, you want to know what is the starting point? What can I be looking at for compensation? You go to the injury calculator tool and it's a fantastic tool. And what it is, it's a database, it's a database of cases, legal cases across the country. Uh, and it works on an algorithm and it searches these cases and it shoots out that range of damages. Nice. It'll tell you, you know, you can get from this to this, forty to $60,000, for example, for your back pain, a chronic back pain. So it, it's, it's a really, really cool tool. And it's been very, very helpful for many, many individuals. Uh, they just want to know, it's is, it, is like it, it worth it? Only right. one like it as far as I know. Yeah. So check it out when you have a moment, injurycalculator.ca. The number, by the way, 416-216-5910. We'll get into some legislative changes that are uh, taking place. It is fall. It is that time. So that's all coming right up after we take a, a short break. The Insurance and Injury Law Show. Talk Radio AM 640. Savan's number, anytime. 416-216-5910. You want to get a hold of through email. It is help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. CA. Let's talk about some changes in legislation. Give us the uh, the down and dirty with this one. Okay, so before we start, I want to say that um, uh, if you want this information, if you want to read it, mm-hmm. uh, this is on the uh, FISCO website, which is the Financial Services Commission of Ontario. Okay. All you got to do is go on Google, type in Ontario Auto, A-U-T-O, changes, uh, June 2016, and it will take you to the page on the FISCO website uh, which is really the regulatory body that deals with all of these changes and notifies us of what's being changed. Uh, and, and you can see all the changes. And, and, and let, me, let me go through some of these because this is really crucial and key. And then I'm going to make a recommendation at the end, which I really, really hope that people will listen to and will do. So first of all, as you know, when you're driving a vehicle and you have insurance or whoever has that vehicle has insurance, um, you're purchasing essentially... Uh, a policy that has certain benefits if you are injured or if the car, you know, is totaled, right? right? So in June of this year, um, insurance companies were able to convince the government to implement a few changes which are not necessarily good uh, for individuals who are injured. So some of the things I'm going to tell you, I'm literally reading from the FISCO website, and and you know when you go on on that web on on that page that that I, I mentioned when when you type in the information to Google, you will see that it says that. And I'm quoting here, when it's time to renew your purchase auto insurance on or after June 1st, 2016, the standard auto insurance policy you receive from your insurer broker will have the new lower benefits hmm. unless you, and here's where they bold it, unless you act quickly and contact your insurance representative to purchase optional coverages. And I'll talk about the optional coverages because I'll tell you, for a few more dollars a month, you could significantly expand the types of benefits and the amounts of benefits you're going to get in the event that you or someone is injured in your vehicle. Uh, And they highlight here, they say, read the important changes to the policy. They say, compare the new policy to the old policy, understand your policy, and of course, shop around for the best price. So for example, for example, you're injured in a car accident. Um, you know, you need medical and rehabilitation uh, uh, benefits. Uh, you need attendant care, someone to come and care for you at home. Uh, you know, at this point right now, the current policy as it stands, 
uh, for, for injuries that are more significant, not catastrophic, but more significant, you're entitled to uh, uh, up, up to $50,000 of, of these kinds of benefits. Total, that's it. Total. Okay. Attendant care for non-catastrophic injuries is $36,000. Okay, got but it. But these benefits combined have been reduced now to 65000 So instead of fifty and thirty six, which together is 86000 Right you're going to be taken down to $65,000, okay? Uh, medical and rehabilitation benefits for catastrophic injuries. Yeah. You know, if you've, God forbid, got injured catastrophically, you have up to a million bucks. Attendant care, someone taking care of you, catastrophic injuries, up to a million bucks. So together it's two. Two million bucks, yeah. Well, the, the, the new changes, it's combined a million bucks, okay? So they cut it down. 50% off. You got it, 50% off. Wow. So, you know, when you go through this, through, through the, uh, the uh, website, uh, the fiscal website, that page that I'm mentioning to you, this is in chart form. It tells you exactly what benefits you're entitled to right now. Now, when you speak to a broker or a representative of the insurance company, whether it's a Viva or State Farm or Intact, whoever it is, or if you have your own broker the way I do, I go through, a, through an independent broker who can shop around, you know, you will see that uh, you have different options. So, for example, for example, Income replacement benefit. We talked about that quite a lot, Mm -hmm. right? You're injured in a car accident, John. You can't work. You are entitled to up to 70% of your gross income, up to 400 bucks a week. Right, unless. So so, so that means essentially that you're entitled to up to $1,600 a month. And for many people, that's nothing compared to what it is that they're bringing home. You bet. So you can actually choose to increase that, and you can increase that to $600 a week from $400. You can increase to $800. You can increase to $1,000. Caregiver benefit, okay? Uh, you know, you need the benefit because you are taking care of, of kids at home, yeah. for example, dependents as an example. Um, you know, that's usually available only for catastrophic type of injuries. If you're catastrophically injured, then you can get up to $250 a week for the first dependent plus $50 a week for each additional dependent. But you can choose, you can choose to make the same amounts available in the current policy for uh, uh, catastrophic injuries available for all injuries. So my point is, a lot of this is Chinese for our listeners, and frankly, it's Chinese for a lot of the lawyers that deal in the industry because every few years, the government seems to uh, be changing the legislation. Here's my advice. There's a lot here. Speak to your broker whoever you're getting the insurance from, or speak to an agent of the insurance company that you have it with. Make sure you buy optional benefits. I'm not a broker. I can't tell you that it's going to be $10 more for you a month or $100. All I know from speaking to people and from my own experience, generally speaking, you're not talking about a huge increase. Maybe for a few more dollars a month, I don't know, five bucks more a month, 10000 a month, whatever that is, you are significantly expanding the amount of benefits yeah. you could be entitled to in the event of injuries. Always better to it's overinsure. Right? Always, always. Yeah, but, but I'm not talking about, you know, going over the top. I'm talking about basic information. You know, and the, the irony of the whole situation is that you're really paying the same amount of money for the same benefits that you had before. Yeah. And, and it's unfortunate, right? I mean, that's how Fisco starts their, uh, you know, that, that printout that I just have here, the, the, their webpage. They say, uh, you know, that, you know, it's, it's, it's important that you understand that the benefits have been reduced as of June 2016. So you're just paying more to get back to where you were. Correct. Above Correct. and beyond, trying to go beyond what you, you got had. it. They've Wait. reduced the benefits. Yeah. But that's why yeah. it's so crucial to make sure that you speak with the broker or with the rep uh, of the insurance company to see how much it's going to cost me to just expand those benefits in the event that I'm injured, my wife's injured, my kids are injured. It's, it's just so crucial.
We'll get to your emails here in just a moment. The uh, the email address, by the way, is help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. The phone number anytime. Have this one written down, 416-216-5910. This is the Insurance and Injury Law Show Talk Radio, AM640. 416-216-5910 is the number to get a hold of Savan anytime. Help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. That is the email we refer to uh, right now. I've got Laura Writes in from uh, from Cornwall, says, I was on short-term disability for a, a degenerative disc disease and recently applied to transition to long-term disability. The insurance company deny my claim because they say I haven't, quote-unquote, sufficient medical support to qualify for total disability. How can that be? My doctors wrote uh, letters, everything, saying I can't work. What do I got to do? Oh, my God. Well, Laura, if I had a, a nickel for every time somebody <laughs> asked me that question, uh, I, we wouldn't be here. Uh, I'll be somewhere in the Bahamas, retired. Nice. It, it's it's very, very um, often that I see people calling me saying, what else does the insurance company want or need? I just don't understand. My doctors are supporting me, and they've said that they support me. Laura, I can tell you that one of two things are happening here. Either the insurance company, the adjuster, is simply ignoring the medical opinions from your doctors to their own detriment, because we can start a claim, and trust me when I tell you that they're going to pay, or... And this happens too, when the medical documentation or the reports from the doctors don't address the specific questions that the insurance adjuster has, and that's a miscommunication. And, you know, to give you an idea of what I mean is, let's say the doctor says, it gives you a one-liner on a report, they call it a report, but really it's a one-liner, this person is disabled from working. And the insurance company adjuster says, well, what does that mean? Information, please. Right, some information, exactly. What's what's the cause? What's the symptoms? Keep in mind, that's not to say that every doctor's report has to follow a particular format. It's just that you want to have some body, some meat to the analysis that the doctor provides. You know what comes to mind, John, actually, now that uh, when the, with, with the U.S. Election, uh, the, the, the elections mm-hmm. with Trump and uh, Clinton, remember that um, uh, doctor's report that Trump gave out? Uh, yeah, yeah. That, that says that he's, I think they said, one of the, the, the fittest, the fittest the, people yeah. that would ever hold office. And, of course, you had all these medical experts on various news uh, uh, agencies in the States just making, uh, making fun of this letter because yeah. it was so unprofessional. There vague. was nothing vague. There was nothing there. Nothing there. They're just tearing it apart. So understand that insurance companies operate on the principle of documentation. They need documentation. And if they don't have the reports that tell them X, Y, and Z, they are not going to be absorbing that information. So don't assume that because you and your doctor spoke about your illness 50,000 times and your doctor knows very well what's, you know, what's, what's stopping you from working, don't assume the insurance adjuster knows that. If the doctor did not put in writing the exact issues, what is the um, disability exactly? You know, is, is it chronic back pain that doesn't allow you to lift X amount of kilograms because you are in a... You know, a, a, a heavy, intensive labor job, sure. uh, you know, the doctor has to provide more information. But unfortunately, unfortunately, in most cases, uh, when I review these medical documents, they do provide enough meat because doctors, I mean, they, they understand that they need to provide this information. Uh, they're not Trump's doctors. And, uh, you know, oftentimes insurance companies will again tell you there's insufficient medical documentation and leave it at that. And of course, invite you to appeal which many people do, they get denied, and then they just give up. They assume that they're... The you're right. You. And you were assuming that you're not entitled to this money. Yeah. This is money that's owed to you, Laura. So give me a call after the show, or email me, or, or, or go to uh, you know, the, the, the website that uh, is, is uh, you know, um, used quite frequently now by many people, mydisabilityquestions.com. It's a beauty. 
and ask your question or like I said, contact me directly. We'll have a chat. I'll be able to help you. It's These are not difficult claims to resolve with the insurance companies. What if Laura's uh, insurance company turns around and says, which is probably coming down the pike, that, uh, you know, go see one of our doctors. That could happen, right? It does happen. It does happen. It happens quite frequently. And, and, you know, that's code word for me for, you know, they don't believe you and they want their doctors to hopefully give them an opinion that... Favorable. Just, yeah, favorable right. to them and justifies their denial of your claim. Right. And, you know, unfortunately, that's something that happens. Doctors, uh, many of them are for hire and they know who's paying them. And so, therefore, they're going to generate an opinion that may be a little skewed. And we actually have court decisions where judges have reprimanded uh, certain doctors and said, you know, we just don't give uh, your evidence any weight because we don't believe you. You know, the last 50 times you testified as an expert, you testified only for the defense. Right. We, we just don't believe you. So, you know, if, if the insurance company tells you, I want you to see our doctor, just understand that it's a potential red flag. It doesn't mean you're going to get cut off. But you have to go. You have to go. Yes, you do have to go. And, and by the way, John, just to be fair to doctors, uh, there have been cases, in fact, when I was acting for the defense and I hired doctors, sometimes those doctors that I hired came back and said, Sivan, you know, I know you hired me, but I got to give you bad news here. This, <laughs> this person disabled. is disabled. Yeah, yeah they, they yeah. can't do this or that. And I said, okay, that's fine. That's fine. I just, I want to know. And my client has to know. So yeah, if you are told that you are going to have to see one of their doctors, uh, be prepared for the fact that the opinion from this doctor may not be favorable to you. In the meantime, get this number down, 416-216-5910 and help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. Before you get into all this stuff, give Savannah and his firm a call and they'll uh, they'll take care of it for you for sure. The Insurance and Injury Law Show continues. It's right here, Talk Radio, AM640. 416-216-5910. Have that number written down and the email address uh, couldn't hurt as well. Help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. We've been talking uh, quite a bit about long-term disability on this show, so I'll ask you this one. Um, and I know you get this all the time as well. Well, going on vacation affect someone's long-term disability claim? Because some people won't because of optics. Right? Yeah, and it's an, exactly, and it's a great question. So generally speaking, you know, you need to tell the insurance company you're leaving the country. Many policies actually require that. But keep in mind, if your doctor feels that you're well enough to travel, why would the insurance company have an issue with it? You know, the only issue they'll have is they'll say, obviously, if you can travel for vacation, then why can't you work? But, work. you know, those are two very different things. People go on vacation to try and get better, to relax. To get away uh, from work. To get, yeah, exactly, to get away from work. <laughs> so, so, you know, the logic doesn't really hold true, but they try to play it against you. So, listen, I don't suggest that you withhold um, this information from the insurance company. I think that, you know, you should definitely be advising them, particularly if the policy... Uh, under which you're getting your disability payments uh, calls for you to tell them that you're going to be out of the country, you got to tell them. Or some policies even say, you know, you only qualify while you're in the country. What I would do is I would probably get the doctor's uh, written approval. I'll get the doctor to confirm in writing, at least to me, uh, to, to the injured individual or to the lawyer that it's okay for the person to leave, that physically they're able to. Uh, but, you know, you should keep in mind that practically speaking, and this is where everything comes to, uh, practically speaking, you could be putting your claim in jeopardy because the person on the other side of the claim, the adjuster, they're a human being. And they're going to say, hold on, I'm working my butt off here adjudicating your claim and 300 other claims. You're going on vacation and you're getting these disability payments. Yeah, I don't think so. I'm going to find a way to cut you off. So understand that rightly or wrongly, you may be generating a crisis. So should you go on vacation? It's really up to you as long as you understand the pros and cons. But generally speaking, insurance companies will try and use that against you. And that goes the same way with car accident claims. 
uh, slip and fall claims. You know, you're going on vacation despite the fact that it has nothing to do with, uh, yep. you know, with 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 work. Um, they will say if you can go on vacation and and you're expecting money in the interim. I'm sorry, that's not going to fly with us. So let's use that word cutoff again. So what if your employer cuts off or terminates a disabled person's employment? What does that mean for their long term disability? Can they still get payments? Yeah, yeah, they can. And and it's such an interesting question because for many people, I mean, that's a huge concern. You know, I, I'm disabled. I'm, I'm, I've applied to LTD. Uh, and, and of course, now because of my disability, my employer says we have to find someone else. We're letting you go. So, of course, remember, we talked about that at the beginning. There's an employment human rights issue here that our lawyers at the office can deal with. But from the standpoint of LTD, generally speaking, and I say generally because LTD claims are contractual claims. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not making a claim on negligence. It's not like, you know, I slipped and fell because you were negligent. You didn't put salt on the sidewalk, on your sidewalk, John. I have a contract with you, insurance company. That contract was paid for by premiums. You've now breached that contract. Uh, So therefore, I'm making that claim pursuant to that contract. I'm saying you breached the contract. So you got to give me payments pursuant to the breach. So... Everything starts and finishes with the contract, which is why with respect to that contract and the question you just asked me, we have to look at what what the contract says. And most of these insurance contracts, these disability contracts, most of them will say so long as your disability arose while you were employed, while you had coverage with us, you are, you know, we are going to to cover you. So in a scenario where, uh, you know, in June, the disability arose, I was still working at that time. I was employed at that time. I was covered under LTD at that time. In August, I was let go because the disability arose at the time that I was still employed and under coverage. Right. I am entitled to make that claim despite the fact that in August, I'm no longer employed by that company. No kidding. That's how it works. Yeah, so. That's how it works. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'll, let me touch on this because you made me think of it when we just talked about the last point about uh, you know being on disability and, and going on vacation. Where do you stand on people, uh, I guess not just vacation, but if you're off on disability and not working, where do you stand on social media, Facebook postings, Instagram, all that stuff? You have to be very, very careful with those. Insurance companies will fish, and I use the word fish very loosely. They will fish for this information. They'll Google you. Uh, in this age, they will do all their due diligence because they have to. I mean, imagine an adjuster. If you're an adjuster and you're adjusting a claim and you have somebody who's, I don't know, 35 years old, uh, and uh, you know they're saying that they're disabled, they're unable to work, are you not going to just quickly go on Google and type in their, yeah. their name and try to see if you can find something on, on I don't know, uh, whatever the social media uh, platforms are? Sure. Just see what, what you can find. And, and you know, John, oftentimes people post things, maybe they really are disabled, and by the way, when you usually post things on Facebook, it's and positive. It's positive yeah, but, by nature. But you yeah. got it. But the appearance or the perception is, mm-hmm. hold on, you're doing great. So going back to that vacation question, so you go on vacation, but you're disabled. But you know what? Your spouse or a family member or a friend uh, snapped a few photos of you, you know, looking like you're relaxed on the beach or, or perhaps, uh, you know, in, you know in, in the middle of some kind of a movement. It looks like you're being very physical. I bet you that the insurance company, when you come back, if they got if they got a hold of that, they're going to just flaunt it in your face and say, "We're cutting you off." There's no way in hell that we're going to continue paying you. Right. You had all that fun there. Clearly, you're not that disabled or injured. That could be completely 180 degrees uh, from what the reality is, but it's perception. So often we deal with at the office uh, this dichotomy: perception versus reality. And we have to be very careful. So people out there, if you have disability claims, car accident claims, 
and, and any kind of disability or injury claim, be very careful with what you're posting on social media that could and will be potentially accessible to the insurance companies. I'm not saying you lie. What I'm saying is understand that this information is out there and they will use it against you, whether or not it accurately reflects your physical and mental psychological state mm-hmm. or not. They will use it against you. That's their job. You can't, you can't blame them. I mean, I'm not saying no, it's you correct, can't. but you, if you walked down the street and showed, you know, 100 people a picture of someone on a beach and say, this person's you know, on disability, what do you think? Oh, well, they're sitting on a beach. You know, you'd get that opinion from everybody. John, I had, uh, I had a case once uh, a few years back where I was defending... Uh, it was a slip and fall case, and I was defending the uh, the store that uh, that was the, the claim was against. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't representing the injured individual, uh, and and we were supposed to go uh, to a mediation. And prior to the mediation, we did some research online, and lo and behold, we find out we see these pictures of this person posting on Facebook and other media, social media. Uh, you know, great day at fishing uh, with nice photographs. And, and uh, you know, we see these photos of, of this person uh, um, just having fun with family members. And then underneath it says, you know, uh, um, uh, wrestled in the mud with so-and-so. It was great. Like things that you would never even think to. It's just it makes no sense for anybody to put that there. Now, clearly that person was advancing a fraudulent claim. Big time. Because it was absolutely yeah. crystal clear to me that he was not injured. Yeah. And when I showed all that to the other lawyer, I tell you, their, their idea of what the settlement should be dropped down significantly, okay? Significantly. Um, now, you have a lot of cases, as we just discussed, where legitimately the person is disabled or injured, mm-hmm. but again, they want to put a positive spin on their life. Yep. But that, from a perception standpoint, could come back and uh, and and bite them in the butt. Get some bonus points for liking mud wrestling. I'll give them that. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> 416. Sure. 216 5910 is the number and help at the insurance lawyer.say. More of the insurance and injury law show. More of your emails coming right up. Talk radio, AM 640. The number is 416 216 5910 and help at the insurance lawyer.say. If you're going to toss us an email, like uh, George down in lovely Niagara says, my son has a long term disability case. That has been dragging uh, for several years. He has a lot of difficulties trying to get a hold of his lawyer. And when he did last week and asked what's uh, the next step, the lawyer evaded the question and just said that he's he's working on it. Is that a normal answer? No. <laughs> okay, next. No. C- can, you, can, you, can you imagine going to the doctor um, when you have a serious health issue and the doctor just not giving you an answer and just saying, well, I'm working on it. I'm, I'm working on a diagnosis. I'm working on a, on a, on a, you know, a treatment plan. I mean, no, that's crazy. You should be definitely asking for more questions. George, your son, your son's case, first of all, these LTD cases don't take years to resolve. And if they do, there's something wrong or there are some issues in there that have essentially complicated the case. So I'm not saying in every case, the case resolves within weeks or months. But I'm telling you that if you're telling me that for several years, I don't know what that means, two years, three years, four years, it just it seems to me like the lawyer is not pushing the claim through. And that's one of the things we keep emphasizing to lawyers at the firm, both on the employment side as well as on the disability and injury side, you have to push the claim through. Our clients come to us because they are in a jam. They need the money. They're the ones who are being victimized here. So we have to push through. And oftentimes I'll be very aggressive with the other lawyers on the other side and I'll say, no, we are moving it through and they'll object and they won't like me and I don't care. I don't care because I tell them, look, it's my duty to my client to push the claim through. So, George, first of all, your son has every right to sit that lawyer down and find out exactly what's going on. Was a claim even issued against the insurance company? 
Uh, was there a mediation? Like, what, what happened with this case? These LTD cases are not that difficult. They're not that difficult. And when a lawyer starts evading uh, important questions, such as what's going on with my case, that's, that's a huge red flag. It tells me that either the lawyer doesn't care or the lawyer doesn't know anything about the file because he's not handling the file or the lawyer um, just doesn't, for some reason, think he has any time for you or right. she has any time for you. It's completely inappropriate. The lawyer should be able to tell you, here's a status. Here's what's happened. Here's what's next. Here's, here's what the game plan is. If you don't get that, if you don't have that, I'm sorry. If it's me, I would have serious doubts about that lawyer. Sheldon from Oshawa writes, says, uh, my wife has stage two non-Hodgkin's lymphoma and has been on long-term disability for over a year. Her insurance adjuster thinks that she should be able to do some work, but her oncologist says that she can't. Uh, we're concerned about being cut off her disability payments. And every time we deal with this adjuster, we get extremely anxious. What do we do? Jeez, Sheldon, I'm, I'm really sorry. I, uh, I know what it's like to have cancer in the family. Uh, and, and you know what, this is what I'm talking about, John, when I say people get re-victimized again, uh, by insurance companies, completely inappropriate. If the oncologist says that she cannot work, that's it, period. End of discussion. That's it. It's the treating oncologist. And, and you know, my concern here is that because of all the anxiousness and, and, and the, the, the stress it's, it's, you know, she could, it could affect her health. In fact, probably is affecting her health. Sheldon, my recommendation is that you guys contact me. Let me deal with the adjuster. I'll get them off your back. And if I have to go above that adjuster's head uh, and and go to whoever I need to go at the insurance company to get that done, I will. Uh, but you guys should not be dealing with that. And you're right. I mean, if, if the adjuster says that she, he thinks uh, that your wife should be able to do some work, that's, that's that tells me that they're gearing up for a denial uh, because they're saying essentially that they're disagreeing with medical opinion here. I'm wondering actually, if they have somebody on staff or an oncologist that they had uh, hired to give them an opinion here. A favorable uh, one. A favorable one, perhaps. I'll be surprised. I'll be very surprised g- given, you know, the information we have here. Um, you know, she's been on disability for over a year and she's got cancer. And I mean, this is, it's just horrible. So Sheldon, please get in touch with me. Uh, we can definitely help. At the very least, you and your wife are not going to have to deal with the insurance company. We will deal with the adjuster directly. And that's the thing we should mention as well. Once somebody starts uh, you know, a claim with you, those phone calls and irritating emails they stop. stop. They right. completely stop. Uh, you only get communications from us. The insurance company is not allowed to communicate with you. Wow. And there's a what reason a relief, for that. Man. A huge relief. Absolutely huge relief. And that way, you know, it's a one-stop shop. You come to us. You don't communicate with us and the insurance company and whoever else. We are the ones who are telling you, here's what's going on. Here are the options. Uh, here's what we can do. Here's what we're going to do. And here's what the insurance company is going to have to pay. And again, with Sheldon's case, you also have the employment side as well with Lior. So you got it covered, right? Absolutely. You got it covered from all angles. Well, uh, we'll do it for another week. In the meantime, the number to get a hold of Savan, very simple, 416-216-5910. Real easy to remember. The email is help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. And if you're wondering uh, possibly what your injury is worth, pain and suffering, there's a there's a tool you can use. It's www.injurycalculator.ca. Check it out online. It'll give you all the answers right there. Until next time, this has been the Insurance and Injury Law Show, Talk Radio, AM640.